Dreaming about teaming up with a superhero? Heartbroken about the latest comic death? Do you find your conversations always turning to Marvel? Then welcome Marvelites to your therapy session. Join your hosts as we explore the realms of the Marvel Universe, taking you into new insights, movie reviews, and debates. Here, we won't try to cure any obsessions, but fuel them because the world is better nerdy. Welcome to your Marvel Therapy Group. So hello and welcome to another episode of Marvel Therapy Group with Marvel, Jack and Joe. That's me. And I'm Jack. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that means I must be Jack if you're Joe. Right. Great bit to start off the episode. (laughs) I thought so. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so today on the show, uh, we thought we'd talk about something we haven't really discussed on this show yet, which is... uh, Comics. Yeah, comics. (laughs) Actual comic books. (laughs) So yeah, today uh, Joe and I are going to give you some recommendations for Marvel Comics to read based on our favorite comic book runs. Yeah, pretty much. This is a rough list. They're mostly all X Men. Surprise, surprise. But I don't think I don't think you've told us you're an X Men fan yet on this show. Oh really? You've I love the X Men. I mean, if you have, you've been very subtle about it. Oh, and Agents of Shield. They probably don't know I watched that show either. Get out of town. <laughs> um. Actually, I mean, I'll start. Uh, my first one is actually not an X-Men one, but it's just the first one I happened to write down. It's called Marvels, and it's just, uh, it's a graphic novel. I don't think it was ever released as trade paperbacks. I could be wrong, but Marvels takes place from the perspective of a regular citizen, mm-hmm. and it follows him, so it starts off with the original Human Torch, um... The as ro- the robotic human, right, right? The android, yep. Yeah. That later becomes Vision, actually. Mm-hmm. And it's this guy at the science fair, and he's like, "Oh wow, look at this! This thing is happening!" And he's like, "Wait, now the guy is on fire, rampaging around the city," and it takes it's his life as it as he experiences Spider Man in the city, Captain America, even Galactus coming to Earth, and then he sees a Fantastic Four talk to him, and Galactus leaves, and from the point of the public, he's like. I don't know what just happened. Can we trust the Fantastic Four anymore? What did they do? Who was that guy? It gives a really great perspective of the Marvel Universe. I've heard of it. I know it's it's one of their, uh, whenever you look up, like, best Marvel uh, graphic novels, that's always one they list. It's it's art by Alex Ross, right? I don't know. Uh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure it is. Let's he's, go with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, for those of you who don't know, Alex Ross is... Um, an artist who's really known for sort of his, like, photorealistic illustrations of, um, superheroes, both for Marvel yes. and DC. It is realistic. Yeah. Uh, I'm on his Wikipedia page, and yeah, he is the artist for Marvels. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah, it's, it's been something I've wanted to read. Add it to the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so for me, my... My first recommendation is, just as Joe, you've been very subtle about the fact you're an X-Men fan, I've been subtle about the fact I'm a Daredevil fan. <laughs> but yeah, my uh, pick would be Daredevil, uh, starting with uh, Brian Michael Bendis' run, which was when they relaunched it under the title Marvel Knights in the early 2000s. Oh, nice. That's cool. And yeah, Bendis, um, this is kind of the first series I really got into, like fully, just like really invested in. It was kind of my first real experience just getting really into reading comic books. Uh, but yeah, so Bendis' run is um, the one I would recommend if you're looking for a Daredevil comic that's kind of close to the TV show. A lot of the inspiration the TV show 
Polson and kind of like just sort of the tone and kind of how they portray Daredevil and all these other street-wise, like sort of street-level Marvel heroes kind of comes from Bendis. That's great. And yeah, his run is, his run was really focusing on um, sort of building this community around all these, um, sort, of, sort of this idea that all these street-level heroes kind of have each other's backs. And his run is more of like a street-level kind of like gritty tone. It's definitely kind of focusing on like how difficult it actually is to be a hero, be a hero in New York City. And it's kind of fighting like organized crime and gangsters and muggers. That's great. That sounds really complex. It is. There's a lot that ha- it's it's and actually it's a series that really just like takes the character of Matt Murdock and Daredevil and just does some crazy things with them that still impact the character today. Like a lot of yeah. runs kind of leave the character where you found him. Bendis was kind of the first one who took Daredevil and was like, I'm just gonna do something that you can't just undone. Like, you can't just undo with one episode. Like, this is still, like, the stuff from Bendis's run is still stuff that affects Daredevil today. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think it's really cool. It's especially really good for somebody who's looking to jump on Daredevil. And that's the thing about Marvel, is that it really doesn't matter what happens. Like, the events don't matter, to be honest. They're just there for entertainment. But what really matters is the character development. And you can see that even in fight scenes in the comic books, where they're still talking. And, yeah, they're fighting people. They're fighting their villains. But they're talking, and they're still having internal struggles. And that's where, uh, through the dialogue, they're, they're, that's where their character arc comes through. And I realize I didn't add this, but... um, So, yeah, my the Daredevil run I recommend is... um Starts on Daredevil... Uh, volume 2, which is what they called it when they relaunched it, because they had been running it since the 19... They'd been running Volume 1 since the 1960s, so they relaunched it under the title Marvel Knights, which is a bunch of other titles. I've heard of the Marvel Knights. And, yeah, and Bendis started writing Daredevil full-time at issue 26. Bendis also took over the X-Men, uh, maybe like 2012 Yeah, after he had worked on the Avengers for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And he brought in the five original X-Men, time displaced to the, the present, and I was so mad. I was like, this is an awful storyline. This is this is just destroying the X-Men. And I think at the time it kind of was, but it's been uh, six years now. So I'm like, I, you know, I'm older and I'm reading them again. Mm-hmm. And they're actually seeing how they've continued. It, it actually does a good job. I think when it comes to that idea, I think other writers have taken that idea and sort of done better things with it than Bendis did. That's it, yeah. That's exactly it. Especially now, or like I said, I'm six months behind, so um, Mm -hmm. X-Men Gold is them, like, all of their... The X-Men are always facing extinction, but they've they've overcome their their final uh, adversity, and now they're like, oh, we're safe. Like, mutants aren't being hunted as actively anymore. There's nothing killing us. And X-Men Gold is about them just living their lives. Um, but there's also X-Men Blue? Golden Blue, right. Yeah, yeah. Blue is... With what? the time-displaced X-Men. And they're also, like, there's no threat facing the X-Men, but they're being led by Magneto, which I love Magneto, if you didn't know. <laughs> and um, that's a really great dynamic. Yeah, I definitely think it was um, other writers sort of came on after Bendis. Bendis wasn't really concerned with like how this ruins the timeline. He was just like, oh, this would be a fun idea. And I think other writers have been like, all right, let's try to actually make this work. Yeah. And like the X-Men and they, timeline. They have addressed, too, that the original five have to go back eventually. 
Um, so I think it is going to happen. It's going to happen eventually. Those five are going back. Although they have in some issues, and there was a run, Battle of the Atom, uh, where the so the, the original five X-Men, time displaced, never went back and grew up, and then uh, became an X-Men 2099 kind of thing. But those grown-up, time displaced X-Men, sorry, it might, might get confusing, they realized how much they screwed up the timeline, went back to the current run, or at the time, the current run, to battle the their old selves, the time-displaced X-Men, force them to go back, um, failed, and then later on, this is like a few years later in terms of the writing, but shortly after, they went further back in time to take the place of the time-displaced X-Men, so they became the original X-Men, but using, um, like, telepathy, they manipulated themselves to look like the original five, and then completely screwed up the timeline. Um, and then the original five X-Men, in the present time, had to go oh, we're back. Still going. Yep, they had to go back, collect a bunch of allies through time, to go fight the original or their, them, their, their older selves who are now in the past, um, and then fix the timeline. <laughs> every, every freaking time Marvel's like, oh, this is the X-Men title. If you've never read an X-Men title before, you can just be an average reader and hop right on. And then they're like, nah, screw that. Here's like five X-Men who are dead but came back to life because they were clones. And the clones are actually uh, all, the know, clones. all built by Magneto because they have like magnetic blah, blah, blah in their blood. And it's the... really mystique. And it's... Yeah, yeah. It's... <laughs> X -Men. Comics are a trip, but X-Men is like... X-Men is like a drug overdose. That's the only way I can describe it. Seriously. And I think, like, I'm such a fan because I, I'm able to keep up with these kind of things because I've been following it for my entire life. <laughs> it's a it's a drug. Yeah, it it's is, an addiction. <laughs> but um, if you don't mind me continuing... Yeah. So you talked about the 2002 run. Um, this is, like, Phoenix End Song is what I want to talk about. That's... I think it was part of the Astonishing X-Men run. Um... From maybe like 2004, this one? I don't know, a little later than 2004. But Phoenix End Song, I have it in the graphic novel form. It's the Phoenix obviously comes back to Earth, tries to take over Jean Grey. And Cyclops, of course, is like, My love! <laughs> I need to find her! And Emma Frost is like, We've been over this. Your girlfriend has died six times. <laughs> Except it's the Phoenix, and the Phoenix is doing what the Phoenix does. It's just, it's, it's a mess, but... I mean, I've read it so many times because that was, like, my first, um, my first comic run that I read. Was that, uh, was that Grant Morrison? Mm, I don't so know. He was writing, he was the writer who, um, was doing X-Men before Joss Whedon took over. Okay, I don't know. It's the same art style, so mm -hmm. I know it's around the time. It's the same team. It's Kitty mm -hmm. Pride, Emma, uh, Beast, I think, Cyclops, uh, Wolverine. It's, it's either Whedon or, um... Or Morrison. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so then, uh, man, if I give another pick? Go ahead. Yeah. So I'm going to stick with uh, Daredevil and say this one's just kind of my personal favorite run. And kind of if you, the other run you could really jump onto with Daredevil if you didn't want to read the Brian Michael Bendis stuff, and that would be um, the Mark Wade run. So from Bendis on, Daredevil just kept getting like. 
beaten and beaten down. Like, the writers were just, like, ruining Matt Murdock's life. Like, he was at his very lowest. The story right before this is Matt literally becomes, like, the leader of the hand, and he gets possessed by the devil and literally <laughs> just does a lot of things that are very bad. Yeah. So then Mark Wade came in, and he was like, okay, this guy needs a break. And he sort of started, <laughs> he started injecting a little more fun back into the character. He kind of tried to bring it back a little more, just kind of like how he was originally in the 60s. So Matt's a little more, like, Matt's a little more quippy. He's a little more, he's trying to keep a positive attitude. And so the series street is kind of... Street level. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. It's still street level, but the series is kind of just a little more fun. Yeah. And now uh, this is kind of one of my personal favorite um, story run, one of my favorite runs in comics of all time. I absolutely love the Mark Wade run. Uh, he did some really good stuff with the characters. His stories were a little more like comic booky. They were a little more like science fictiony, but they actually really worked because he just he did because he just really had a firm grasp on Matt as a character, and he did a lot of really cool things with him and his supporting cast. And he actually introduced some characters that you grew really attached to, which I always think is impressive when a writer can introduce a new character into like a fifty-year-old um, comic book, and people actually care about that. And. Um, so yeah, he introduced a new character for Matt, which I actually really liked, and he actually introduced a really good new villain, which, oh, which, which was, well, I don't want to give it away, because it's actually a really good reveal, like, a lot of his stuff was kind of like a slow burn, oh, okay, don't remember, but it gets, yeah, it gets really good, so yeah, the Mark Wade run is definitely a strong recommendation from me. And before we continue, Haley is on the astral plane, <laughs> she, again, was very busy and couldn't make it today. She's here in spirit yeah. on the astral plane. <laughs> um, I'm going to... Do you have anything more to add? Um, I mean, I still have another thing about Daredevil, but... Well, I'm going to go yeah. to Uncanny X-Men in general, because that's how the X-Men started in the 60s. It was originally called Uncanny X-Men. Mm -hmm. And it's just continued when different writers pick up the title. Uh, they go back to Uncanny X-Men, so it's different teams at times. And... There is, or at least there was an Uncanny X-Men um, with Magneto, Psylocke, Sabretooth, Monet. Um, it was called Uncanny X-Men, and they this was during the time of Inhumans versus X-Men, and they were going around just trying to survive, but combating what humans were doing to mutants as, like, desperate mutants are trying to live their lives, we're looking for ways to escape the Terrigen Mists. So if I go back a little bit farther, the Inhumans had found a new way to mine Terrigen Mists, mm -hmm. which is what gives the Inhumans their powers, but the way that they were mining it was killing mutants because it affected the X-Gene. Let's see, this was during the time where it's like Marvel was really like all in on the Inhumans and was kind of didn't really want to deal with the X-Men anymore because they right. were like Fox owns the X-Men we don't want to right the X-Men they tried to make titles. the Inhumans yeah, like we'll make new. the Inhumans the new thing yeah which so this was at the time when the X-Men were kind of getting screwed over like left and right by Marvel yeah um but again like with Marvel Unlimited I just recently within the last couple months or weeks read the Inhumans vs. X-Men run it was actually good and it's the kind of thing where it has lasting implications like you were saying with mm -hmm. the daredevil like you can mm -hmm. still find things about it today um especially emma frost goes off the deep end and she sort of goes back to being a villain but again with marvel villains it becomes so complex that you can't just make them a black and white villain again especially x-men villains especially x-men villains yeah um oh yeah so i guess in humans versus x-men that was that was pretty good too 
It's pretty short too, but like it expands through, or it spans through a bunch of different series. So with Marvel Unlimited, I was able to read everything. I almost find the best time to jump on Marvel Comics is actually right after an event. Yes. Because that's usually when they're like, all right, let's hit the reset button. This yes. will be when all the new readers will jump on, and they try to make it as as easy to get into as possible, I think. Exactly. That's, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so then my, I'll, skip, I'll move away from Daredevil for a second, and I'll talk about another recommendation I had, which was The Mighty Thor by Jason Aaron. So this run... This run actually is about, um, so it starts with the original Thor becoming unworthy to lift the hammer, and so he kind of loses, um, he loses his powers, and... So this is fairly recent. This is, I well. think this was 2015 this came right out? Right after Original Sin? Yeah, I think that's where, Original Sin is where, um, he becomes unworthy. Original Sin is where Owatu the Watcher has been murdered. Um, should we spoil this? Spoiling, I'm spoiling it. Spoiler alert. It was Nick Fury that shot the Watcher. Uh, Nick Fury becomes the new Watcher, but he at one point whispers to Thor, and I still don't know what that was, but he whispers something to Thor, and then Thor suddenly becomes unworthy and cannot lift Mjolnir. They actually reveal it in this series. Oh, okay. So yeah, this series, but yeah, after Thor becomes unworthy, the hammer is just kind of sitting on the moon until (laughs) Jane Foster is suddenly um, deemed worthy enough to lift the hammer, and so she gains all the power of Thor and becomes the new Thor in the MCU. And this series, honestly, is one of the best I've read. If you're interested at all in comics, in, like, good storytelling, fantasy, science fiction, or just Norse mythology at all, this is just an amazing series. Like, Jason Aaron, he has so much knowledge about just sort of all these... about, like, everything in the MCU and Norse mythology, and he just blends them together perfectly. And so kind of the whole story of the series is that Malekith, the villain from the Dark World, is sort of ga- is trying to raise all these forces from the different nine realms because he wants to wage this war against the realms that don't want to you know, bow down to him. And meanwhile, the rest of the gods at Asgard are kind of not interfering because they're having this whole Game of Thrones, like sort of grab for power kind of storyline because they don't like the idea that this mysterious woman has become Thor and taken the hammer away from the Odin son. And yeah, this series, it just keeps building. It keeps getting better and better with every issue. And it actually, it really makes you care about Jane Foster as a character because one of the main things with her is that every time she lifts, so when the series starts, she has cancer. And every time she lifts the hammer, the hammer sort of, the transformation to becoming Thor just takes a, just takes away all the met, all the uh, effects of chemotherapy. So basically, as, she's, as she keeps becoming Thor, she's getting weaker and weaker. And it's kind of just this key, it's this time, it's that. <laughs> Getting tongue-tied here. You're tearing yeah, up? It's, it really, <laughs> it really does. It makes you care about Jane Foster because she's this character who's literally sacrificing herself in ways that, like, you, the rest of the characters don't even know because she realizes she's the only one who can save everybody in the Nine Realms. Hmm. But yeah, it's really good. I really recommend it. If you're interested in Thor, if you want to get into Thor, this is really the best series to do it. Because, yeah, he's not the Thor from the movies, but the Thor from the movies actually it has it plays a pretty big role in this series. I did start that, that arc. I read the first few issues. Um, and then I read an article online that told me it was Jane Foster. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's a spoiler. Back to the X-Men. I don't think it's a spoiler anymore. I not feel anymore. like everybody knows it at this point. Not anymore, but when I read it, it was, and I was like, all right, back to the X-Men it is. Yeah. <laughs> Mighty Thor by Jason Aaron. 
Uh, have you read Secret Wars? Uh, the the new didn't they read? They did it again. They did actually either one. Have you read either one? I don't think I've read either one. Um, the original one. Like it was very obviously made for uh, merchandise, but it was still good. It took a bunch of your favorite heroes and villains and teamed them up, and then mm -hmm. Magneto, because like I said, you can't make X Men villains back like plain black and white. Um, Magneto went over to the superheroes and betrayed the villains, so good for him. But that was good. I enjoyed that. I have the graphic novel for that, um, so I can read it in full. And you're talking about the one from the 80s right now. Yes. Okay. What came out of that? Again, it's an event with lasting implications. Venom came from that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Spider-Man comes back with the black, black suit. suit. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, oh, so yeah, the, the newest Secret Wars... Had, had similar themes in that Doctor Doom ended it. Ended both ones. I don't really understand what the purpose of purpose was of this uh, this newest Secret Wars but there were these incursions which were these, all the alternate universes were colliding and destroying each other. And it was the um, Oh, yeah, I have read this. Yeah, I think it was the Illuminati yeah. The Illuminati, the Illuminati came back, so it was like Namor, Black Panther, Mr. Fantastic. I think it was at that time Possibly they, had, they had two ongoing series. One was like Avengers, and another one was New Avengers, and that was the Illuminati. Or Dark Avengers or something? It was something like that, but like the Illuminati know about this, and they're trying to stop it, and eventually it gets to the point where the Avengers find out. And, and it had been going on for months. It was yeah. a really good build-up, if you read it. I mean, mm -hmm. I didn't read it, but like I could still figure it out, so it was a really good build-up. Um... And then, yeah, so it was the Ultimate Universe, and then Earth-616, so the two main Marvel Universes, they were colliding. Doctor Doom, with the help of Doctor Strange, decided, no, we're not being killed. So they went to the point of the incursion, at the very edge of the universes, and amplified their um, mystic abilities and like combined them. So Doctor Doom took all these aspects of the universes, threw them into different parts of a new world and called it Battle World, where he was the Doom God and ruled over it. But then, it was all done. Like, they, they even came up with some new um, comic issues from that, like Kitty Pride and Star-Lord were a thing, and then Star-Lord finds Kitty Pride and they try to... There was a little arc with them. But this is where I don't understand why they did this, because Mr. Fantastic comes along tells Doctor Doom how he can fix it, and then throws all the universes back together. So, I don't really understand what was supposed to happen. Like, that's an event where there were there were no lasting implications. Mm -hmm. Um, that was a long explanation, <laughs> but what I meant to say was that Secret Wars was good. The original one. No, because I read the... I, I got that wrong. I read the event right before that, where, um... No, it, it's something... It's something like, um... It has to do with both with, with with what eventually leads up to Secret Wars, but it was something like um, it's something about Thanos invading, and it has a lot of where they drew a lot of inspiration from uh, for four Avengers three. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah, I can't I, remember what that one was called, but I think it was the event right before uh, Secret Wars. It was kind of like the it was it was like on the way as to leading up to that. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember what it was though. Battle World maybe. Mm, Battle World was, was no. what it became. I remember on the Marvel Infinity. website... I think Infinity is, uh, is what it's called. It's oh, just Infinity. okay. Isn't that still going on? 
No, no. I, like I said, I think that was the event that happened. That was uh, that was the event that was like a year before Secret Wars. Ugh, I just gotta stick to Max, man. <laughs> um. Oh, if you don't mind me continuing off of yeah, that, go for it. one of the best runs for Magneto came from Secret Wars, uh, the newest Secret Wars, because Magneto, he knew about the incursions because Namor had actually come to Magneto and was like, if I can't stop it, you're the one that needs to. And so Magneto's going around, he meets a human called Briar Rally, who as a child was injured in one of Magneto's attacks, but like she's still, so she's been disabled her entire life because of Magneto. But she becomes his ally um, and helps him as he goes around the world and, like, battles his own inner demons. So it's all about Magneto, like a redemption story for Magneto. Um, but he ends up, towards the end of it, he takes mutant growth hormone. He has, like, these little robots that amplify his powers. Because this is, this is more X-Men story. This is post-Phoenix 5, so Magneto's powers are dampened. So he needs the, the mutant growth hormone and, like, these... He needs to amplify amplify his powers. Um, the last few issues take place during the incursion. And he's trying to use... He's drawing the magnetic field from Earth and from the other... The incurring... I don't know, the, the world... The ultimate universe. <laughs> he's drawing all this magnetic power to try to force them away from each other. All at the same time working with his daughter. Like, reconnecting with Polaris. Mm. Um, and fighting alongside her, battling sentinels, they're trying to save people because there's a bunch of rubble, obviously. Um, things are falling on top of people. And it becomes too much... Should I spoil it? I'm going to spoil nah, it. I mean, if they guess, if it's a big event, you know, they want to they know what happens. Okay, I'm not going to spoil it. But that's... I think that's my favorite run of Magneto because it's him. It's like a redemption story for him. Mm-hmm. It's very good. I mean, there are a lot of redemption stories for Magneto. And there then, are. And then he's always like, F that. Those humans are mean to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, you say it so lovingly, though. You're like, yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> that I'd <scam>. love him. <laughs> I just love his story arcs. <laughs> right, so I actually have an X-Men, uh, or kind of an X-Men story for you. It's in my next recommendation. So my recommendation is this, uh, it's this title, All New Wolverine by Tom Taylor, and the series is about Laura Kenny, or X-23. Um, right, this is a newer one, right? Yeah, I want to say this was like 2015 or 2016. This was, I think, another time where after the, I think it was after the, uh, the Secret Wars or whatever happened, they, right. know, they sort of relaunched the universe, and yep. they relaunched a bunch of titles, and I think this was one of them. But yeah, this is about uh, X-23 trying to take on the mantle of Wolverine now that Logan has died. And it's just about her sort of trying to deal with her past while also sort of struggling to be this hero that she knows she can be. And it's just, it's really good. Like, it's really fun. They introduce, um, early on in the series, they introduce that there are more clones of Laura, and one of them, and she ends up adopting as, like, her little sister <laughs> named Gabby, and Gabby is just, Gabby's a delight. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> like, you adopt your own clone. That's weird. And it's just, there's a lot, but yeah, there's a lot of, like, fun storylines. There's also kind of a lot of storylines that deal with Laura still struggling with her past as X-23. And it just made me, like, really appreciate the character a lot more. So if you're looking for a story, if you watch Logan and you want to know more about the little girl, this is a really good one. That is actually, in Logan, that's a good representation of Laura Kinney. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just a cutthroat character. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I have not read that one, but 
I know it. I've definitely heard it's really good. Um, did you ever read Old Man Logan? No. Old Man Logan takes place in a different universe as well, but it's where the villains have taken over, and they've pretty much divided the world into their own uh, conquered lands. It's 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 gruesome, and that's actually what Logan was based off of the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, I know they drew a lot of inspiration. Well, from that. inspiration, yeah, loosely based off of. Um, that's another one though. Going off of Wolverine, the death of Wolverine, and the hunt for Wolverine. Yeah, he's back now, right? He's back, yeah. So, obviously, death of Wolverine, he died. Then, um, he, his body went missing, and... It's comics, so nobody really dies. Yeah. And I, I haven't read this yet, but I know that it spanned a lot of different story arcs where characters were looking for Wolverine. I feel like they basically introduced this, like, a year ago, and they're just now doing something with it. Hmm. But I think it's working, because yeah. it, it's prolific. It goes through a bu- for a bunch of... It affects a bunch of characters. You're not an X-Men until you die at least once. You know what's great about the X-Men series, though, is that they make fun of that a lot. Yeah. And they they're always mention, oh, don't die, or like, we die a lot. We need to stop yeah. that. <laughs> it's like a rite of passage in the X-Men. Yeah, it really is. Since Kitty Pride, basically, because the first issue of Kitty Pride says, Welcome to the X-Men! Hope you survive the experience! And that's been a tagline ever since. <laughs> it's like Ileana Rasputin brings in a, a new um, a new mutant to the X-Men school, and she's like, Hope you survive that! And everyone's like, No! <laughs> <laughs> that's all the recommendations I got, unless you have anything else, Joe. Um, I have, I, mean, I have one more, but I've talked about the X-Men too long. So I'm just going to say Onslaught. The Onslaught series. Oh, actually, Axis. Axis is... I don't remember which one that was. So the Red Skull has taken... So Xavier... Professor Xavier's dead at this point. Red Skull breaks into... Finds Professor Xavier's body, steals his brain, and implants Professor Xavier's brain into the Red Skull's body so that the Red Skull has the telepathic abilities. Oh, Marvel. (laughs) And he starts... Like, uh, having his own soapbox in New York City and just turning everyone telepathically against mutants for some reason. I don't know why the Red Skull had a vendetta against mutants. But naturally, Magneto doesn't like that. So the Magneto goes... And again, this is... He's weakened, because it's after the Avengers versus X-Men run. Mm-hmm. Also, check that out. That's interesting. Um, so Magneto tracks down Red Skull bashes his head in with a rock so he kills him but because it's Magneto and Professor Xavier's brain it unleashes Onslaught and when the first time Onslaught appeared was um when Professor Xavier I believe killed Magneto (laughs) because Marvel deaths um he absorbed or had a dark piece of his psyche which uh festered and became Onslaught, which had all the power, it had Magneto's powers, but all of the telepathic abilities of Xavier as well. And it was just this evil entity. So the same thing happened after Magneto destroyed Xavier's brain and um, Onslaught came back and ended up somehow switching the personalities of everyone in the Marvel Universe. I was gonna say, I feel like I remember that being a thing. So all the superheroes became villains and all the villains became superheroes. There's like an instance where Carnage saves people from a burning building in New York. 
I feel like that was a thing, like, in the Mark Wade run of Daredevil I was talking about. I feel like it was, like, one or two issues that tied into that, and it's like... There might Daredevil, have been. Daredevil's having memories that he doesn't think are true, or, like, his, it changes so that his father wasn't, you know, somebody oh. he looked up to as his father beat him or something. Interesting. Like, yeah. So he has to grapple with, like, what's true and what's not. During that time, Iron Man had his had a new run. I think it was called Superior Iron Man. Yeah, he was evil, right? He was, and Daredevil was basically his arch enemy. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Remember yeah. They, I didn't read it, but I know I saw they brought Daredevil in. Axis was resolved pretty quickly. Um, but again, like, that one's pretty good because it has lasting impacts. Like, Havoc is still bad, which um, Polaris is dealing with now. Or six months ago, because I'm always six months behind. Still, the Marvel Unlimited, I still think is the best way to read Marvel comics. Not that not that Marvel Unlimited is a sponsor of this show, but if you ever wanted to be Marvel Unlimited, I'll I'll say without prom- non prompted that I love your service and I think it's the best way to read Marvel comics. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, that's all the recommendations I had. I think we actually covered a significant portion of Marvel history. Um, yeah, send us your recommendations, or if you read any of ours, let yeah. us know what you think. Let us know what your favorite comic book uh, runs are. Let us know what your favorite characters are. Yeah, any recommendations for us you'd like us to read, and maybe we'll talk about it in a future show. Yeah. Do you want to close out? Uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah, once again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate it if you would rate us and subscribe us so that more people can find our show and we can... You know, share our Marvel fandom with more people. Yes. And make this community a little bigger. That's what Stanley would have wanted. And in the meantime, you can uh, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as a Marvel Therapy Group. And Twitter is at Therapy Marvel. Can we fix that? It is? Yeah. Is there a way to fix that? Maybe. We'll work on that. Yeah. But we are Marvel Therapy Group, and you can listen to us. Assuming you're listening to us now in order to hear this, you probably know where to find us, but we're on iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean. So thank you for tuning in, and tune in next week for an all-new episode. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Marvel Therapy Group, where together we can work through our comic thoughts and learn to live beside them. Views expressed are of the host only and do not reflect Marvel Studios or comics in any way. Hosts are in no way qualified to provide therapy. This is simply the name of the podcast. This has been another Marvel Therapy Group session.